0: What's up, Nate?
1: Hello, Joanna. Oh, and hello, all of you.
0: Oh my god, we're actually talking to an audience.
1: I'll be damned. (laughs) Welcome, or welcome back. We are Stranger Than. We are here to talk about the unsolved, the mysterious, the misunderstood, the creepy. And today, we will be talking about the Spanish flu. This was a influenza pandemic
0: started in 1918, ended in 1919, and did a shitload of shit while it was circling the globe.
1: It certainly did.
0: It's funny that we're doing this episode, having just been delayed because I was sick as fuck.
1: Yeah, it's sort <laughs> of uh,
2: it's a little ironic, ironic. yeah, know, or
1: coincidental, one of the two. Yeah, Maybe a little bit of both.
0: Although I wasn't sick with the flu, but it definitely was a nasty virus. Wasn't cool. It was not cool. You would not have enjoyed my voice. I tried to be a big girl, and it was just like...
1: She did. She showed up, and I said, (laughs) uh, you should go home Yeah, because you sound like shit. (laughs) That's
0: probably why stuff like that just kicks my ass in the first place is because I'm getting sick and just totally sick as shit and i'm still running around trying to like do all my stuff because yeah i feel like i can't not yeah There's you should just take sick days so many things to do
1: if you got sick days people take your sick days
0: and get your flu shot but i'll get to that part later
1: it's okay to be sick it's probably not your fault unless you're licking bus seats in which case fucking gross dude that is really gross well let's talk about the flu it's thought to have been around for at least six thousand years and is thought to have originally mutated from a similar virus that occurs in other mammals probably from a domestic pig, chicken, or similar animal shortly after animal domestication was discovered. Hippocrates wrote about people in his neck of the woods suffering of symptoms we would recognize as the flu as early as 412 BCE.
0: That's a long time ago. That
1: is a long time ago. Around 900 years after these writings in 1357 CE, the term Influenza di Fredo was used to describe a flu-like outbreak in Florence. The translation is cold influence, and is thought to be called this for the suspected source of the outbreak, the cold. Mm. People believed that the sickness was caused by the influence of the stars as well as the cold, and in the 1700s was commonly called influenza throughout Britain. It wouldn't be until 1931 that the influenza virus would be isolated in pigs. And 1933, that the human influenza virus would be isolated. 1580 CE is the first outbreak that is mostly agreed to be influenza. It's quite hard to distinguish between different diseases in history, because they didn't know.
0: Right, there was no actual proof of any kind, and...
1: Yeah, they didn't... You're
0: just kind of going on, like, a description of the symptoms. That you can see.
1: I mean, there could be all kinds of shit going on that they have no idea about.
0: So just kind of a very brief external description of what's going on.
1: Exactly. And they thought it was, you know, fucking spirits and shit, so. Right. Italian historical accounts show this outbreak to have started in Malta and then onto Sicily and then north through the peninsula. There are reports of influenza in Asia Minor, which is Turkey, and North Africa, Egypt, at this time, and it's likely that the spread of the flu was helped along by Philip II sending troops to the Spanish Netherlands, which is Belgium and Luxembourg. It eventually spread across Europe and even to America. This influenza outbreak killed thousands of people, though an exact number is not known. Rome reported 8,000 dead. Spain was hit similarly hard. 90% of the American population was sick with the flu. Though there weren't huge amounts of Europeans in America at the time, I'm sure it raged through the native population as well.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: During this time, bloodletting was super fashionable for all kinds of ailments.
0: Well, yeah, that's just what it was a cure-all because all the sickness was in your blood and you just had to let it out of your body to make new blood, I guess. Yep. I mean, you got a headache let's you bleed and it, it out be, of you yeah mm-hmm. you, and, you, and, it, and it would be better because it would be new blood like your blood's just too
1: old exactly <laughs> and you get rid of that or you know there's bad spirits in your blood or whatever
0: right right so also like like let's just slice open
1: arrow wound don't worry we'll cut you we'll mm-hmm. bleed you for it
0: that fresh blood will have you feeling better in no time no
1: time at all <laughs> according to the bc medical journal bloodletting has been used to treat basically everything by almost everyone, for most of civilization. It wasn't until the late 1800s that this was discredited. It is believed that many of the deaths that occurred during this outbreak were due to, at least in part, bloodletting.
0: Right. I'm sure it didn't help.
1: No. No, (laughs) I know it didn't help. There's not... As far as I know, there's nothing that you're supposed to do, like, you're supposed to bleed yourself for.
0: And it's just so weird that that... Was a thing like a an idea for so long, that your blood would just be like, like oh I'm feeling like shit. I better cut myself open and just let myself fucking bleed. Like yeah, that'll that'll make things better. It's like
1: that was thought to be the right thing to do for longer than it has been known to be the wrong thing to do. Right, and I I guess that can be said by a lot of stuff, but still,
0: we're so slow sometimes. (laughs) Yes,
2: yes.
1: (laughs) This is just the first agreed upon outbreak. There have been many others. 1781 to 2 had one that originated in China, resulting in tens of millions of infected worldwide. It spread quickly, though not as quickly as it can today, but it was the fastest outbreak spread at the time. I suppose it's safe to say that every outbreak is probably the fastest it's ever been for the time. Influenza viruses are part of the Orthomyxoviridae family of viruses, which I think are all flu viruses the worst ending up being pneumonia. The influenza viruses are split into A, B, C, and D classifications. Type A is the seasonal flu. It mutates because its hemagglutin and neuraminidase antigens, which are proteins, are basically just genetically unstable.
0: That's the H and N proteins. Exactly. And this is where we get the names of the flu, like the H1N1. Exactly. Because... There are 16 varieties of H and 9 varieties of N.
1: And those are the subtypes each variety. That's correct. Type A is found in pigs, birds, and many other animals. Type B influenza is similar to type A in symptoms and sometimes severity. It's only found in humans and doesn't cause pandemics. Also, it is tracked by strains and lineages. The two currently in circulation being B slash Yamagata and B slash Victoria. Type B does not mutate as rampantly as type A and is something that can be tracked and is tracked. Type C is milder than A or B and does not cause pandemics.
0: I didn't even know there was a C.
1: And there's a D. It's oh, only found really? in cattle, though. Oh, okay. Yes, so we don't get that one.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So basically, that is to say that Influenza virus type A is the nasty one that causes the pandemics right. and kills the people. And B kills some people, but it doesn't cause the pandemics because we know what it looks like.
0: B is the type that's specific to humans, only. Yes. as where A can jump from like human to animal and animal to human and yes. then human to human and it can. Uh, Shift, it can be different kinds of animals, and they can have two at a time, and it has this thing, a feature called antigenic shift, where some hosts can have two different strains, and so those two antigens, the H and the N antigen, can recombine itself into one host and then go right back out there to the population. So two different ones come in, a new one comes out. That's great. And we don't have any antibodies for it because antigens that's what we create antibodies
1: yep. to attack, you know. Exactly. You is, have to have them in order to have the antibodies for them.
0: But these two antigens are very good at tricking our cells and getting themselves into our cells and then just wreaking havoc from there.
1: And that's why we have the pandemics of this. Yeah. So. especially now that we can like travel. Mm-hmm. Holy yeah, it shit is, can we travel. Is,
0: it has the potential for some really bad shit. Yes. Also, I'll talk about that.
1: First, let's talk a little bit about World War I.
0: Oh, yeah. Also, a great time in history.
1: Oh, yes. Definitely.
0: You know, if you're not letting your blood out because there's all
1: sorts of disease that you can't cure, uh, we're also fucking killing each other. Yeah. We're putting bullets in and blood are coming out that way, too. Mm hmm. World War I lasted from July 28th, 1914 to November 11th, 1918. That's actually in just a few days, the anniversary of the ending.
0: Wow, was it the 11th?
1: That's what it says here.
0: Oh, man. Veterans Day, too, for us here oh, in America.
1: That's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. I do not get the day off.
0: I do not either, actually. Sucks. Kids don't have to go to school, though.
1: Yeah, lucky bastards. Hmm. Over 70 million military personnel were in play, the overwhelming majority being European. It's estimated that 9 million of those were killed, in addition to 7 million civilians. And those are just the numbers of deaths directly resulting from war, so right. like bullets and bombs. That's an estimated 16 million people killed during just over four years of fighting. After the fighting, the deaths kept racking up, partly due to the influenza outbreak of 1918, the right. star of this episode, right, also known as the Spanish flu.
0: Killed a lot more people than that war did.
1: It did, in and I think a lot of
0: wars combined too. It killed more.
1: It was that, in addition to other infectious disease outbreaks, as well as genocide, led to another fifty to a hundred million deaths worldwide. It's a pretty wide range, but it's still fucking huge at the low end.
0: Oh yeah. Well, when you think about just the conditions they were in, I mean, it wasn't just the flu.
2: Oh Those no, trenches everything. and
0: just medical knowledge was. Still not up to par. I mean, we're not talking dark ages anymore, but...
1: Damn near. I mean... It's
0: it still... There wasn't, like, a whole lot you could do for somebody when it comes to, like, infectious disease.
1: No, no. And, it, it, I mean, there was really not a whole lot you could do for anybody at all. I mean, you got a bullet in a limb. Right. Off comes the limb. They got a bone saw, no, and you mm-hmm. got a, a a piece of leather in your mouth and a shot of fucking morphine, and that's it. Right. Just absolutely terrible man. It was spring of 1918. The Germans were pushing the Western Front, trying to gain something before the Americans showed up in their full force. They gained lots of ground, but lost a lot, and ended up off worse than before, and then they were driven back and defeated. Spain was a neutral country and was not involved in any fighting in World War I. This is important to note because there was media coming out of Spain that was more factual than from the nations at war for, you know, obvious reasons.
0: Right, you don't want to look weak to your enemy, so printing that a shitload of your population is sick and dying of the flu is... That's not, not good I- propaganda, yeah. no. In May of
1: 1918, it was reported that the king of Spain died of the flu, which prompted the rest of the Western world media to refer to it as the Spanish flu.
0: But Spain just reported on it in their neutrality. Yep. It, did th- it did not start there.
1: No, it, it did not start there. But instead, either Kansas, France, or China.
0: You know, I just thought of something. Huh. You know how pe- when people don't want to, like, get involved, like, when your friends are having a fight or something, and you're like, I'm Switzerland. Yeah. Because you're trying to be neutral. Yep. Because of, like, World War Two. Uh-huh. I'm going to say I'm Spain there next you go. time.
1: Weather's better anyway.
0: <laughs> like, you know what? I'm just going to be Spain on this. España. España. I'm going to be España on this. I mean, mostly people just think I'm stupid and getting it wrong, but it's like, actually.
1: Actually, I'm going to not have take any part in this and then die of the, the, the flu. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that could very well happen. But there's like, it's Switzerland. It's like, actually, no, it's Spain, too. It's You're just Spain. not fucking educated about World War I enough.
1: Learn your history.
0: Mm-hmm. World War II gets all the attention, I think. It does. It really does.
1: Close. If you want to be it, really
0: sad, read a little bit more about World War I. It also sucked, as do all wars.
1: Yeah, I think they, uh, World War II is talked about so much because it seems they're easy, it's easier to paint a clear bad guys, right. good guys sort right. of thing.
0: Yeah, World War I was just a giant fucking clusterfuck that was just yes. like, dude, and so as you just said, so many fucking people died. Mm,
1: so yeah, ridiculous amounts of death. Spain was hit pretty hard by this wave of the flu, and many businesses, banks, and public services had to be shut down because they simply lacked people who were well enough to work. How crazy is that? You just couldn't do some things because all of the employees were sick.
0: Yeah society can't really run in a normal fashion because so many people are sick yeah
1: it's crazy at Tople, france was the location of a british army base and possible origin of the spanish flu an official report published by the ministry of health in 1920 showed that since 1889 the number of deaths due to the flu in the area was rising rapidly As early as December of 1916, soldiers at the base were getting sick with a 40% mortality rating. This particular base, or camp, was pretty unsanitary, and so was a good place for disease to spread. The barracks of Aldershot, I believe right over the English Channel, suffered an outbreak of flu in March of 1917 with similar effect. Doctors believed this to be a new disease and called it purulent bronchitis.
0: Purulent bronchitis, that sounds pretty bad. It's
1: got a catchy name. So these two bases, I guess, were sort of how people from Britain got over to Europe to fight. Mm-hmm. And
0: yeah, I read some about this about
2: the the French origin theory.
1: Yeah, yeah. The French and British governments hired a ton of Chinese workers, around a hundred thousand, to do a ton of labor around their empires and you know right behind their fighting lines because they needed their people to fight some believe that the flu originated in northern china and traveled with these laborers we'll bring it home i mean not our home but i mean like (laughs) america in january or february of 1918 some folks in haskell county kansas got sick The population was 1,720 people over an area of 578 square miles.
0: That's not a lot of people.
1: That's not, and that's 1,497 square kilometers. Population density is not so dense. No. I couldn't find out exactly how many, but many people died. The local doctor notified the public health service, but it was the flu. The flu was not reported was not tracked not at this time anyway the newspapers were reporting on who was sick and in what condition they were in so there was like mary is down with pneumonia but her son is up and walking now Mm -hmm. and shit like that so basically you can find newspaper clippings of this from haskell county at this time and it's they just are saying names and conditions March 4th, 1918, Fort Riley, Kansas, then called Camp Funston.
0: <laughs> Camp Funston. That's Camp just...
1: Funston. I'm sure it was a blast, too. Yeah. Tons of fun. <laughs> the first of what would be more than 1,100 soldiers over three weeks reported in sick. These were the ones that were sick enough to need hospitalization.
0: Like, so sick. Yes. They can't do anything.
1: Yeah, they, they have to report into to the Medics, because otherwise they're going to get in trouble for not reporting for duty. Mm-hmm. An unknown amount of others received medical attention from infirmaries throughout the base and then sort of carried on with their day, so they were the ones that weren't knocked off their ass with the flu.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: This camp was a training facility, and people moved from it to places all over the world, but mainly to Brest, France. In April of 1918, Serbian doctors reported that around 150 people suddenly took ill in two days. They displayed flu-like symptoms and either died or got better after around four days. There were few deaths here, but when the same sickness came back in May, it struck harder, killing more. Also in May, a French camp of just over 1,000 recruits got sick. Over 60% of them got sick and 5% of them died. Overall, the first wave of outbreaks in the spring of 1918 were relatively few. But they were everywhere.
0: Right and the the kansas theory has it that soldiers left carrying the virus yes and the ones from haskell county went to fort riley back then camp funston they probably transmitted the flu because it's likely they worked on a with pigs yeah they think it came from pigs on the farm that these two soldiers worked at and then they went off and deployed over there in europe
1: Yep, they went They went probably to Brest, France.
0: That would probably be the first stop if you were coming from America to go fight over there.
1: To go fight the Hun.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, it just spread and spread and spread.
1: Yep, and yeah, this is the end of the war, but people are still sending troops all over. Oh, yeah, and well, we got
0: involved, like, super late.
1: Yeah, and that's not even, like, the end of it. When people start going home... That's when the real shit starts to hit the fan.
0: Right, cuz it it's not just isolated to soldiers in barracks, it's going into
2: the the civilian population, the population as a whole.
1: Yeah. 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 People are going home and they're taking it with them. And depositing it every step of the way.
0: Yes. Well, flu is actually very easy to deposit.
1: We've all had it.
0: We have all had it and it's, it's just one of those things where you can give it to somebody before you're even sick. It's, very, yeah. it's highly transmissible. It lives on everything for, I mean, not forever, but.
1: For a good portion of time, long enough that you catch it.
0: Mm-hmm. So you don't even have to cough on anybody or breathe in their face or exchange bodily fluids in any way. You can touch a doorknob and then a couple hours later, somebody comes along, touches that same doorknob. Then touches their nose or their eyes or their mouth, which we fucking do, like, all the time. I was
1: just going to say, like, it's some ridiculous amount of time per minute. Mm -hmm. And when you try and think about not touching your face is when you just want to touch your face all the more. Like, right now, I just want to rub my hands all over my Mm -hmm. face.
0: Mm -hmm. Three to five times per minute, I think,
1: is... Oh, okay. I thought it was more than that. But still. Yeah. I mean, every minute.
0: Every minute you're touching your face. I have, I have an unbearable urge to touch my face Yeah, I'm just right going to do it. I'm just, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. And now all of you are touching your faces as well. You're welcome. Wash your hands.
2: Did you have anything more to add on?
0: No,
1: that first oh, okay. wave was, was pretty was pretty low-key. I mean, it It, it spread kind of around. planted itself. Yeah. It, set the, it set the stage really for everything else. It didn't kill that many people. I mean, it, it did kind of kill... Large amounts of small populations, because 5% right. is a lot of people when it's a huge amount of people. But it's, it's just it's not quite so many when it's only a 1000 people or so. Yeah, I you, mean, got, still you gotta think great, about but... the
0: ratios involved. I think that it was just very severe, though. I mean, if even though it didn't kill a lot, it was a particularly severe people and seemed to infect a whole lot
1: of people oh, yeah. at once.
0: Like, not a whole lot of people died from it, but a whole lot of people fucking got it.
1: Yes. Like, more than half the people mm-hmm. that were exposed to it got it. And most of the accounts said that you either got better after a few days or you died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most of the people got better, but still, that, that, and I, I mean, I guess arguably most sicknesses, you either get better or you die, but.
0: Right. It was one of those where it could really go either way quite easily.
1: Yeah, and and when the, you were pretty the bad way... off, you were
0: pretty bad off regardless.
1: Yeah, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't good.
0: Like you said, the first wave killed relatively few, but then a second wave comes and it all changes
1: quite rapidly.
0: Yes, and this is the fall of 1918 about mid September 1918. Where it shows up at a military encampment again, but this time it's changed quite drastically. It first rears its ugly head at a place called Camp Devons, which was like an army training camp that was set up at a naval base, I believe, just outside of Boston.
1: Mm, Mm -hmm. That's not great.
0: Right, you know, so it's like a port and a big ass city, a big city, and yeah, at Camp Devens, by the end of September, more than fourteen thousand flu cases, man, (laughs) were reported there, and about one quarter of the total camp that that was about one quarter of the total camp, so about twenty five percent had this flu. It was a pretty big camp, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and there had been 757
1: deaths. So probably most people at base or at this camp knew someone who died.
0: Yeah, I would say that's that would be pretty safe to say. And it's not just limited to the base this time. It does go off the base and into the rest of America. Right. Between September
2: and November, the second wave of the flu that it basically accounts for like two thirds of the
1: deaths. The second wave was the, second the, wave. the largest and
0: mm-hmm. there's a third wave and sometimes when you're when I was researching it, people kind of lump second and third wave together. Right. Which I kind of tend to do too because I don't know. Because it was all kind of like the same symptoms. It it, it wasn't that that first wave where yeah, it it's a severe flu but not a lot of people are dying. Second wave is like a whole different thing, and it continued to be just that until it finally just ended. Yeah. It's estimated that 30% of the world's population, about 500 million people, were thought to be sick with the flu. Not dead from it, but sick Sick. with
1: it. yeah, yeah. That's just... I I can't even imagine that. Where... Everyone knows someone who was very, very sick. Right. That's
0: just, that's... Did anyone in your family die of it that you know of?
1: Not that I know of, but I know very little about my family.
0: My father's aunt died
2: of it. His father's sister. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't... I don't know much about my family history. I really actually don't know a huge amount either, just
0: that That was a big thing, was that,
1: yeah, yeah, like
0: my grandfather lost a sister in the pandemic. It's one of the few things I know about <laughs> <laughs> right. The newer strain that comprised the second and third waves killed quickly and directly with a violent viral pneumonia, It also caused massive pulmonary hemorrhage or pulmonary edema. Now pulmonary hemorrhage is when like the, the little sacs in your lungs literally like all the blood vessels feeding the, the alveoli in your lungs literally just start bursting. Oh good. And your lungs start filling up with lung blood.
1: So you start to suffocate.
0: You, you drown in your own blood.
1: That's the Same good. with
0: pulmonary edema except that it's other fluids too like stuff bursts and... Fluid leaks into your lungs and fluid develops in your lungs and you also drown and it sucks. Not good. Yeah, really not good. Not the way to go. In addition to the typical symptoms of flu, which would be high fever, body ache, dry cough, some of the new symptoms that came along with the second wave included uh, patients turning blue from like cyanosis because they couldn't, get any oxygen into their lungs because their lungs were so damaged. Yeah, wow. So their faces would be blue, it would be more blue around the mouth, like maybe almost black.
1: Oh, that's crazy. And your
0: extremities.
1: That's, abs- that, that's, I could see how people wouldn't know what the hell it was.
0: There's lots that thought it was like, you know, the Black Death returned. Right. Europe's Black Death returned, the plague returned. It sounds pretty terrifying.
1: Yeah, it doesn't sound like a good time, really
0: there's also excessive bleeding of the mucous membranes so in addition to your lungs potentially filling up with fluid or blood you had nosebleeds sometimes blood coming out in spurts from your nose oh, man yeah
1: that's like just large spurts does not like like you hit an artery or something
0: mhm yeah
1: that's not great that's not great at all
0: no you would also like ooze blood from your eyes, your ears, and your mouth.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And probably also your genitals.
0: Yes. Yes. E- everything <laughs> nipples. Everything where uh, stuff can come out of.
1: If stuff can come out blood. of it, blood was coming yeah, out. Mm-hmm. That's so pleasant.
0: Mm hmm. Upon autopsy, the brain was noted to be dry. Like your brain dried out.
1: Wow. So, because all your blood is oozing out of you? And you got a lot of places for it to come out in your head area.
0: Yeah, and there probably wasn't a good way to rehydrate you quickly. Yeah, no,
1: not then, yeah. It's
0: like they know enough to like like cut you open afterwards and take samples and be like, hmm, what happened here?
1: Yeah, but no But we
0: don't know like how to give people an IV. I think we were starting to get that technique done better by that time. Definitely World War One was a great way to to practice it a lot. Yeah. As well as blood transfusions, but yeah, just
1: One upside of war Mm -hmm. is the...
0: The advancements in modern medicines. I think we've talked about this before, but yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the uh, modern advancements in in medicine were made because of war. Yes. I guess there has to be something positive
1: coming from all that awfulness. Yeah. Got to find an upside if you can, I suppose.
0: Now, this is really weird. They would develop air pockets under their skin... So that when you like moved or touched them, they, the
2: skin like crackled.
1: That's terrifying. Yeah. Because it was just this, man.
0: And imagine, I mean, your lungs filling up with blood, you're coughing excessively. You would cough so hard you would rip the muscles of your diaphragm. Man. I once had pneumonia, like walking pneumonia. I think like in my early, it was like my early 20s early to mid-20s, and I actually did cough so hard for so long that I had tiny stress fractures in my ribs.
2: Wow. hmm
0: I mean, you can do it. Yeah. But
2: you
1: got, you the freaky shot.
0: thing about this is that all of these awful symptoms occurred extremely quickly, sometimes as quick as 12 hours from when they first began.
1: They and, sneeze, and then 12 mm-hmm. hours later they can't stop coughing, and there's right, blood like their Right, they're coughing bodies. blood
0: and out of their lungs, and there's blood spurting out their nose, and their eyes are bleeding, and their face is blue.
2: Yeah. Mouth
1: and is black.
0: And then they're fucking dead. And it happens
2: Faster. so much.
0: fat And typically it was about five days, but Still. Still, it could be one day. Another extremely Weird feature about this flu was that it affected a portion of the population that shouldn't have been this affected, and it seemed to not kill the people in the population that it should—that normal flus kill, right? Which would be
2: very young. Yep. Little wee people.
1: Yep. And very old people. Also, sometimes we.
2: Yes, there's
0: shrinkage over time.
1: But this particular one?
0: It was much different. So if you were to take a, let's make a graph. On the vertical side is number of deaths. On the bottom horizontal side, you have like ages 0 to 100. If you were to like graph that data about who typically dies in regular flus, it looks like a U because the high end is at either end. Right, right. This one flipped that bitch
1: upside down. Like a lowercase n. It kinda.
2: was. I guess so, yeah, a lowercase n.
1: Or like a single poorly drawn boob.
2: Mm hmm. Or a hill. A hill. It was like a hill. Instead of a U, it was a hill. Because it was killing
0: the people that normally do not die of the flu so much. And that would be people in their 20s and 30s. The most affected age group, the highest number of deaths, occurred between people ages 25 to 29. The second highest in those 30 to 34, and the third was the age group of 20 to 24. So basically, 20 to 34 years old, you're pretty fucked. Crazy. Just dying all over the place. Now, the one exception, which was true for... this flu and is true of like flu today even is pregnant women who tend to fall within that age group i wonder they're not in the very young and very old age group but yeah pregnant women are very are very high risk for developing bad complications of the flu
1: i wonder if the reason that of those those age ranges getting hit so hard is because those were the age ranges of people fighting
0: some of it probably contributed to people fighting but this is Also, when it's out in the population, so everyone, yeah, yeah, this happens after it jumps.
1: Once it's not just wartime things. Once it's right, like that would definitely
0: make sense for first wave and beginning of second wave before it jumps out in the rest of uh, America and the world. Because right when this is happening in America, this is also happening like worldwide.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Right at the same time, it's just in America is where it started in Fort Devons, because probably it went through a lot. Of, it, I don't think the the jump, the shift, was made there at Fort Devons. I think just people came home with it to yeah. Fort Devons. Yeah. Because you had people training, new soldiers, other ones coming back. Coming
1: back, yeah, mm-hmm. going out. Yeah. You know, going to Europe, going elsewhere. It, it going circled the globe, America, and basically,
0: just... in a nutshell, it had passed from person to person so much that at some point it altered and shifted and might have gone back into an animal and back out to a person again it was the same virus though
1: and it's the first time in history that there were so many people moving right over the globe
0: right because we were getting better at that and there was a fucking war yeah there was a reason
1: to do it yeah
0: there are some pretty legitimate reasons for why it did end up being this age group of people that died men and women I'm going to get into that just a little bit later though all right let's get back to what's going on so it's gone from Kent Devins spreading throughout America 195,000 Americans die during the month of October wow just the month of October in 1918 starts mid-September by October Within that month,
2: 195,000 Americans die. That's,
1: that's That's a number.
2: That is a big number.
0: Philadelphia is one that's particularly hard hit. I
1: can see that, yeah.
0: At its worst, it would kill 759 people in just one day.
1: Wow. 759, dead to mm-hmm. day.
0: Dead to day of the flu. There was some real, like, end-of-time shit going on. They ran out of coffins. There's just too many people to be buried. Oh, yeah. it's They don't have any ambulances. There's just more dead bodies than they can deal
1: with. I'm sure so, especially in Europe, because they already have a deficit of people from the war. And with that deficit comes all the bodies that are piling up.
0: Right. Priests are going around in horse drawn carriages shouting for people to bring out their dead. Oh, wow. Yeah. it's like, oh man, it makes me think of the stand. You remember the stand? Yeah, yeah.
1: Or Monty Python.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I actually just watched the stand the other day. I bought it on DVD.
0: Dude, the stand is so cool. Like oh, there's some good. parts of it that are just like really cheese, but
1: it was overall, ni- it was the early nineties. Yeah, it was overall, on TV.
0: The and it's the sickness parts that are my favorite. Yes. Not so much the battle between like evil and like not evil
1: yes there's another book that is very similar to that one called swan song mm. and i reread that recently i'd read that when i was in high school i read a reread it recently and it's okay it's not as good as i remember it being mm. but i was quite a bit younger but still it would make a good movie
0: diseasy like uh apocalypse movie movies i think are great i'm yeah, very totally. interested in those yeah. because it, of all the the really fantastical stuff it's it that's the one that's actually most likely to occur not so much that, like, everyone's going to die of the flu, and then the devil's going to come back, and there's going to be, like, this fucking battle.
1: No, but... That if... part,
0: probably not, but, yeah, lots of the population being wiped out by a mega flu virus. Oh, oh shit, if rabies
1: <laughs> goes airborne, we are fucked. Ugh. Airborne rabies.
0: Well, we have a vaccine against rabies, but I guess maybe you wouldn't know that it's... you have it until... And then once... Once, Once you're symptomatic, it's too late.
1: There well, there was one time I think that one they, time what do they call yeah. it like the Milwaukee Protocol or something. Mm-hmm, yes. And they put someone into a medically induced coma for a significant amount of time and just and waited managed, for the rabies to burn and itself out. Managed,
0: I guess. He actually woke up afterwards. They've tried it on other patients and it still has never worked. pretty dicey. It is pretty dicey. So yeah, about yeah, one time. One time somebody lived from rabies and didn't die and uh and there's been there's been more than one case there's been quite a few over the years that that's been around
1: if you get bit by an animal or if you come into close contact with a bat in the state where there have been rabies cases you need to probably get your rabies shot
0: definitely need to get your rabies shot and then maybe uh don't have a lot of contact with loved ones either, because like, aside from rabies, you can get a whole shitload of viruses from, from bats.
1: Cute little virus laden critters. Mm-hmm.
0: They are very cute, but oh my God. Clean your bats, kids. Dude. Well, they think like Ebola might be actually from bats. But, oh, really? Yeah, because it, it affects primates and humans, because we are primates too. We are primates, yes. But yeah. We are fancy chimpanzees. <laughs> But, uh, I think the, um, I think a lot of people kind of assume that maybe like passes from primate to person, like, you know, more primate to less primate, I guess. When in it's, fact, it's probably bats that infect just both of us yeah, simultaneously. Yeah.
1: Totally. So... The, bat, the bats can give it to, I mean, we're all, we're, we're basically the same. <laughs>
0: Not that I think there's Ebola and bats out here, but I'm just saying, oh, like, no. I mean, dude, animals are fucking filthy, and they have the potential to create so many diseases and stuff. It's pretty crazy.
1: And things can be... And, you know, it's really possible that we do the same thing and we pass on all kinds of shit to animals and we just don't know because we don't study because we don't care.
0: Dude, we're like a virus on the planet, including animals. Fair enough. <laughs>
1: Fair <laughs> do you, know, you want to know
0: something freaky? Like, 8% of our DNA is made up of virus, like retrovirus, like old viruses that we've had from, like, since the beginning of man.
1: They're crazy. Yeah. I didn't know that. And we
0: just, like, carry... We, like, retain some of its DNA...
1: Just held on to it. Mm
0: -hmm. And it makes it part of our DNA, too. Like, actual viruses are part of our DNA.
1: Well, isn't the actual genetic diversity on the planet really slim? Oh, I think so. It's something ridiculous, like a tenth of a percent or a hundredth of a percent (laughs) or something like that. Like, we're 99.99% the same as a goat or whatever. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on this.
0: Well, and and part of that diversity would be fragments of retrovirus that i think are part of our dna which right. is right that's crazy. which in some ways kind of accounts for i mean there's antigens that you produce but you don't usually you can pass down some antigens to your children antibodies but not all of them i think some of it's just because yeah you know, over and over we've had these same viruses and it becomes part of our dna oh yeah that's- which is why like Caucasians might be less affected by something the, the flu
2: because it was primarily a thing in Europe, perhaps. hmm But indigenous people from
1: other
0: countries that kind of had nothing to do with any of that over hundreds and thousands of years. Yeah. Yeah, it just totally fucking wipes them out. Oh
1: yeah. Having never this, seen it before.
0: During this pandemic, yeah, there's a there's a huge number of Americans dying. And people in other countries dying across the board, but some particular populations, it's like it wipes everybody out.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Damn near everybody. And that would be like Native American populations, Samoa, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm man.
1: Sure. Probably a lot of South America. Mm hmm. The Caribbean. Yeah. Probably because. Whatever, much,
0: whatever makes up their DNA, de- whatever virus makes up part of their DNA is a little bit different than...
1: Yeah, isn't this one. What, yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly.
1: And the world in the early 20th century is, it's a smaller place than it has been before, but it's still a pretty big place. It still takes a lot of time to get communication to from to different points on the globe. Mm-hmm. So it's still, you can still get lost in the world in that time.
0: Oh, yeah. What a great time.
1: Yeah now
0: now well i mean not really but still yeah i guess yeah, okay we got people live longer t- there's better life is more comfortable but you're just fucking like tracked every second of yeah. it
1: there's good things <laughs> about then and there's good things about now
0: right still don't have a fucking food replicator it's like when the fuck is that gonna happen right or flying I cars i hate cooking i would i would just i would love a food replicator that would just be so awesome.
1: I don't know if you can be trusted with a food replicator.
0: Probably not, but that's besides the point.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> November 1918, as you mentioned, World War One ends. Yes. And that causes even more flu to travel around, even more because all the soldiers are coming home. Yes. Not only that, but people are out in crowds.
1: They're stoked. It's they're stoked. There's parades. There's
0: no more war. Like, yeah, millions of people aren't dying anymore. That's awesome. That's awesome, except millions of people are still dying, but it's from the flu.
1: And other communicable diseases. Other oh, communicable
0: diseases, but it's genocide
1: because, you know, why still not? Still
0: kind of being censored, the the general information about it that, you know, like the newspaper that's your source of information not really reporting on all the flu cases. So And even when you hear about stuff like that, they're not going to be like, oh, yeah, let's cancel this parade for these soldiers coming home.
1: No, not at all. No,
0: like you had to be a good American and probably just didn't realize the impact that something like that has from a public health standpoint like we do today. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, no, actually. um, People need to stay away from each other (laughs) when they're uh, sick. And also the fact that you don't know that you're sick. Yeah. You're infecting other people before you even feel sick. Exactly. And then it was just
1: it was just a perfect perfect storm. Perfect storm. All of this gave a place for the flu just to breed. Mm
0: -hmm. Two thirds of all the deaths from the Spanish influenza occurred from October to December of nineteen
1: eighteen. Wow. So in a two month period.
0: Just annihilates so many people. In December of 1918, a third wave of influenza occurs in San Francisco. There are 1,800 flu cases and 101 deaths just within the first five
2: days of January.
1: That's just... I can't even imagine.
2: It's interesting that this
0: third wave, so it's the lethal kind, kills a lot of people right at the beginning, but then... It peters out. By the time summer rolls around in 1919, it's pretty much done with.
1: Right, right, okay.
0: In America, about 25% of the population was infected with about 650,000 people dying of the flu. (sighs) Wow. If we adjust that for uh, the population growth to to today times, that would equal about 2 million Americans
2: dead.
1: World, that is just,
2: yeah, a insane amount. Mm-hmm. That's a lot.
1: That is, I'm sure there is. There's state s- that's a state that, population. Oh
0: yeah, that's more than some state. That's like, yeah,
1: like Montana and Rhode Island gone.
0: Hmm. I mean, Wyoming only has like five hundred thousand people. <laughs> I mean, so yeah. <laughs> It's like all the people that live in Wyoming times four.
1: Yeah, four wyoming Wyoming's gone.
2: I mean, I wouldn't, you know, I mean, Kim and Kanye are included in that now, so. Oh. Yeah, did you know they
0: moved to Wyoming?
1: I I don't follow. I don't either, but it it just. The Kardashians or. It
0: probably comes up in my Facebook a lot just because I have like Wyoming stuff in there. Oh. Having traveled to and I love the state of Wyoming and I'm like, God. Like, why do you have to fucking run it now? Like, yeah, why? I
1: don't know. <laughs> I uh, It's news to me. I guess I hope the mm. West Kardashians have a lovely time in
2: um, Wyoming riding horses.
1: Perhaps their children will be down to earth because they are living in a more rural area. Who knows?
0: I don't know about that, but...
1: We can hope.
0: One can hope. One can hope it'll have a good effect on them.
1: Yes. (laughs) It can't be worse than L.A.
0: Well, yeah, but I mean, it's just, I'm like, that's where they belong is L.A. (laughs) 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 That's where everyone like them belongs. And then like they're, you know, then Wyoming's like,
1: like maybe Wyoming will change them. (laughs) Maybe they will end up being just fine people. They will, the L.A. will seep. Maybe it's just L.A. Who knows?
0: I'm sure Who that knows? city seeps into you.
1: I'm sure it does. I haven't spent any great time in LA. I
0: haven't either. It I think is a fun place to spend a few days. Yes. But it'd be like living in Las Vegas. Where, yes. you know, there's just Yeah. We don't we don't need to live in the Vegas.
2: No. No.
0: Worldwide estimates are between Fifty to one hundred million dead, which adjusting again for the population would be a hundred and seventy five to three hundred and fifty million in today times
1: that is just huge
0: three imagine three hundred and fifty million people dying of the fucking flu in a fucking year, yeah, most of which happened actually like in like three months,
1: yeah, that would be three out, or four months shocking, stunning.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm hmm.
2: Well, it definitely has potential. Yeah. I'll say that much. Yeah. Now, you know how I was saying that
0: a lot of the, like, the native population here, indigenous population, they were just decimated? Yes. One area, there's a place called Breivik Mission. It's like near Nome, Alaska. It's like way the fuck north. Yes. So the indigenous you know, it's like a Inuit population. Yeah, yeah. There was eighty adults that lived there, and between November fifteenth and November twentieth of nineteen eighteen, it killed seventy two of them. Wow, seventy two out of eighty adult inhabitants. Just
1: in how many days? Five days. Five days.
0: Five days.
1: Man, talk about some survivor PTSD.
0: Oh yeah, big time. The bodies were buried in a mass grave because, yeah, seventy-two people die in five days, and that's basically all who's
1: left to bury. Right, Eight people. right.
0: This was kind of at a at a probably a higher level. They're somebody coming in and being like, "Okay,
1: oh, okay, get yeah. rid of
0: these bodies."
1: Yeah, yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't left to the. To the
2: eight that were left. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I think this was. Yeah, way up there. It's pretty fucking cold most of the year when you're that far north. Yes. Yeah.
0: Permafrost. It's like a thing where like the ground is permanently frozen at least at some level because it's so cold all the time. It's just always.
1: It's got a very appropriate name. Mm -hmm. Permafrost. Permafrost. Yeah.
0: The bodies were dug in a mass grave, and it's permafrost up there. Yes, so
1: So that means... There
0: they remained, and nobody fucking touched them because of... Well, because they don't want to desecrate it, first of all, and second of all, because it's dangerous. Riddled
1: with flu virus. Mm -hmm. And since it's so cold, well, we keep lots of things in the cold to preserve them, don't we?
0: We definitely do.
1: We have refrigerators in our homes... Permafrost is colder than your refrigerator.
2: Well, why is all this important? I'll tell you. In
0: 1951, a Swedish microbiologist and who was trying to get his PhD, Johan Holten, he was 25 years old, he came to Breivik Mission because he wanted to get a sample of the virus. And as we were just saying, what better way to find virus that could possibly still be active hopefully not but at least pretty fresh is in within a body buried in permafrost yep he wanted to grow the virus himself to learn more about it because we were in the dark we only just guessed it was influenza yeah i mean it wasn't until like 1931 that we were actually even able to you said we were able to isolate human influenza. Uh, it as was it, pig as, in
1: 1931. It was oh, 33 that we got human.
0: Oh, okay. So that's the first time we were able to, like, see what it was and actually know, like, test for it or know that it existed. And it, like, this is influenza for sure. Even by 1951, that's still less than 20 years after we first isolated the virus there's still a lot of questions to be had
1: oh yeah it's not it's still a fairly new thing
0: well he goes up there he gets permission from the native elders i read somewhere that this was a the society was a matriarchy okay and so he had to go to like the head tribes woman and get her permission she was like the elder and the one who made all the. i mean she conferred with everyone else but like her decision was the ultimate and final decision. What?
1: what a crazy idea for that time. I
0: know, right? For any time.
1: Right. But I mean, especially <laughs> for then, I, I'm sure it would be difficult for the average citizen of that time to accept oh, yeah. the dominance like that of women, a woman, and just women in general. Even today, people are terrified of it.
0: Oh, well, Yeah. Yeah, even into daytimes, that's that's really odd.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's not not a lot. Not of a women whole lot in... of matriarchal societies. No, no, no,
0: not a thing yet. Wait, he gets the required permission, and he had some of his colleagues with him. I think his advisor on getting, he was trying to get his PhD, and some college classmates. Oh yeah, so also came there with him. Yeah, it yeah. was it was. I'm not going to get into the ins and outs of it, but it was a long and tenuous journey to Brekvik Mission. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty isolated place. And to like say we the least. said
1: earlier, it's the world was still a fairly large place then. It wasn't just like hop on some mm-hmm. plane, fly on down with your, you know, super thin, super warm gear. Oh god, and, I know. No. no.
0: They began to excavate the mass grave and it took a really long time because of the permafrost. Like you had to, he had to like set like fires like on top of the ground
2: to, to like thaw it up. up. Yeah. yeah,
0: thaw it out enough to where he could dig down another couple of feet because if you didn't you just couldn't because it's
1: They're like trying to dig through rock. Right. And he couldn't right. just blow it up with dynamite or something because well he needed those bodies intact.
0: Yeah, yeah, that would have um not served a good you know not served a good purpose there
1: you don't use a chainsaw <laughs> for surgery Mm-mm. well i mean they would have back then but maybe yeah. now you don't oh i guess this was the 50s at this 50s, point 50s probably not now they had but, real sur- um, <laughs> well mostly real surgery in the 50s
0: but you know 20 years before oh
1: 20 years before chainsaw was definitely used for surgery if they had you know chainsaws <laughs>
0: it was like the it was the instrument of choice like quick at least yeah you know, not like having to like saw somebody's leg off by hand.
1: Oof.
2: Like civil war times. Oof. Man. Oh. That's fucking awful. Yeah. Finally,
0: a couple of days into it, they discover a little girl who is probably about twelve years old in a blue dress, and she and her dress is I mean, she's just like perfectly preserved.
1: No, oh, yeah. It's very, very cold. It's, it's below freezing.
2: Mm-hmm. They didn't actually sample from her. They decided to keep
0: on digging, but he was encouraged by the fact that he had found this child. And, yeah, he
1: was on the right track. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
2: he eventually gets uh, four bodies that are well preserved enough that he gets lung. He obtains lung tissue from four bodies. Now he has to transport it all back, and there are some issues
0: with transportation. And I'm not even sure that's where it went wrong. It's still nineteen fifty one
1: right like right. we're we're
0: getting pretty smart, but it's still a lot of trial and error,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: whether it was transportation issues or just how things are were done then versus today, he wasn't able to do what he wanted. He wasn't able to grow the sample he wanted to try and grow them in like chicken eggs or something like that, yeah, yeah, and he wasn't able to do it either it wasn't. Preserved well enough, trans- transporting it back, or it just, whatever stuff he had to try and grow virus wasn't sophisticated enough.
1: Yes. Or a combination of the two. Or
0: probably a combination of the two. Yeah. It just didn't work out. He wasn't, he was able to get a uh, very well preserved lung tissue from
2: 1918 flu victims, but ultimately, no That point. was it. Nothing yeah. else came of it. 46 years later, in 1997, Holton comes across an article talking about this guy, Dr. Taubenberger, and he was trying to map the 1918
0: flu virus genome by using samples that were in like this solid, like formalin, like it was like a paraffin formalin. Oh, okay, yeah type of thing. So there's lung tissue that were, was taken at like the army bases, and basically a lot of places that had a doctor that thought enough to be like, I should take a sample of this and preserve it, because maybe one day we can figure out what the fuck happened here. And, and I'm sure plenty it.
1: of plenty of the army doctors did that. Mm-hmm. Nations all over. Yeah. Maybe for the most part, generally people weren't thinking about that sort of thing. There's always the odd human here and there that has a little bit of foresight.
0: Mm-hmm. Like this could be very useful at a later date.
1: Yes. <laughs> People in 50 or 100 years may want to look back at this.
0: Someday we'll be able to look at this and figure out what happened here and how to keep it from happening again, maybe. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't want this to happen yeah. again, so mm-hmm. here are future humans.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Dr. Taubenberger was using... Preserved lung samples from a couple of the soldiers that had died.
1: Lung jerky. Mm Mm-hmm,
0: exactly. That's really gross. It's really gross. (laughs) Like, now that I'm pondering what you just said. And likely it wasn't jerky Because I just started thinking about beef jerky. Although he had been successful in extracting some parts of the virus from it, it wasn't complete. His his profile of the genome was missing a lot of information. So when Holton reads this article about what he's trying to do, he literally wrote a letter to this guy and was like, oh, hey, you know what I did? 47 years ago, I went and found these people that were up in Alaska that are buried in the permafrost, and they are, like, 100% preserved with no, like, preservative from 1918 encasing it and
1: Yeah, they're preserved they're, they're natural. Yeah, yeah. Exactly.
0: Would you want to go back up with me again and and try and get some samples?
1: <laughs> and dude would probably was like, like yeah. yes. <laughs> are you kidding?
0: Ah. Uh, just for reference, when I'm talking about mapping the genome, that's basically like mapping a human being's DNA. Yes. Blue viruses are an RNA virus, so instead of having DNA, they have RNA. If you can picture a strand of DNA in your head, like person DNA, and it's got like the two squiggles and it's got all the bars in between. It's called the double helix. Mm-hmm. RNA is single helix. So it's like one squiggle
2: with little things.
1: One twisted ladder, basically. Yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. Like corkscrewed ladder, kind of.
0: There's a lot of information in that because it's pretty amazing how complex the flu virus is. Something you can't even see with the naked eye is just,
2: it's crazy.
1: Something we didn't even know existed for most of humanity. And has killed trillions of people throughout throughout time. Probably more than trillions.
0: Yeah, how many people have there been
2: since people began?
1: I'd say that constitutes a shitload. <laughs>
2: Well they go back once again.
0: Still still the matriarchy going on there, still yep. matriarch so, matriarchal society. And he gets permission to excavate the graves again. I wonder if it
1: was the same woman in charge.
0: I don't know. It was forty seven years later, and, and it, I imagine it was like an el like it's an elder that's yeah, in charge. So yeah, yeah. I'm gonna guess no. But
1: really, I mean elder of a specific group of people is on a sliding scale. Of <laughs> That's true. Who the oldest person is underneath you. <laughs> but you're true. probably and right. And as
0: time goes on, that also can change too since people live longer.
1: Yeah. Like, and God,
0: you know how elder I would be, like, in 1885?
1: Pretty, uh, pretty elder, I, depending like, on where you I'm were. I'm like,
0: old right now. I'm fucking so old. I'm like, probably like a grandma. I'm for sure a grandma. Well, you're definitely
1: but... a grandmother, but mm-hmm. you're not necessarily looked at as elderly Like, we look at people who are, like, a hundred, but people would be like, damn, you're old. You'd Mm. still probably be in just fine condition.
2: Well, that depends. I mean, life was a lot harder and grosser, so.
1: That's true.
0: I might not be in such great condition.
1: And you would have probably had more than the three children.
0: Yes. Less pollutants, less crap in the food, but still, quality of life, not so great.
1: No. It would all depend on where you were at, geographically. And financially.
0: Definitely. That definitely makes a difference in your quality of life. Yes. Back then and now, too. Yes. They begin excavating, and that is when they find a native woman that that Holton names Lucy. She was about seven feet down in the permafrost, and it appeared she had died in her mid-twenties of the 1918 flu virus.
1: Lucy, a traditional Inuit name. Right. Yes. I know
0: it's kind of like, oh, I named her Lucy. It's like, didn't does anyone know what her real name was? Oh
1: right. Like you could probably have figured that out.
0: Well, I mean, it's still nineteen ninety-seven, so that's true. That is still... that is some
1: time <laughs> in the past. We're
0: still pretty uh like Jesus Christ. Like, did we really problematic, <laughs> I think, is the term that we use today. Yeah. yeah. Were we really so like uh not caring about uh... Was it really so like black and white, like who was the important
2: part of the story here?
1: Pretty much.
2: Her lungs were removed. And they were shipped separately. I guess they probably
0: removed him in, in a couple of pieces, maybe maybe one lung each or Right. I don't know quite how it was divided, but they were dispersed amongst Taubenberger's colleagues.
1: Oh, okay. So no one had the whole thing.
0: Right. Well, it only took Ten days before Holton gets a call to say that they had gotten the flu virus, the genetic material that they needed, it was in her lungs, and they had been able to extract it. Nice. Now, it hadn't been able to, like, grow it or map it out yet, but it was there, and they had their hot little hands on it. They They had it. It would take an additional eight years. To map out the entire genome and identify the 1918 flu virus, which was a flu virus. But yeah, 2005, that's when that happened.
1: Yeah. 14 years ago. Are
2: you interested to know what type of strain
0: this particularly lethal flu virus was? Let's hear it. H1N1.
1: Oh, shit.
0: Now, H1N1 was kind of a big deal back in 2009. Oh,
1: yeah? You, it actually on Clorox disinfectant wipe bottles, it would say, it kills the H1N1 virus.
0: Everyone was freaked out. It didn't end up being as big of a thing as people were worried it was going to be. And now it's kind of like one of those things where like, oh, yeah, H1N1,
2: everyone freaked out.
1: Yeah is it possible that because everyone freaked out it wasn't so bad?
2: It's possible but
0: this the current H1N1 which is like H1N1 and it has some sort of abbreviation and says 09 because it's like the 2009 strain. Oh okay. It's it's different than the 1918 H1N1. It's oh, okay. the same but not. Yes, yes. Now I do have a lot of sciencey stuff that I tried to condense uh, to make it as non-sciencey as possible and uh-huh. as easy to understand as possible because I did a lot of reading on uh, viruses and
2: how they are comprised and how they work. And I was like, okay, I've got history, you know, I've got a, like a medical background of sorts. Right. I, more
0: than probably the average person. Yes, definitely. I should be able to understand this, right? Right. No.
1: It's microbiology. That's that's the stuff, right? It is and yeah. it's
0: very complicated. It's a
1: complicated field.
0: It is extremely complicated. And do you remember Jurassic Park? Yes. You remember the little ride where they had the little cartoon that explained y- how they yes. extracted dinosaur DNA and then also how they like spliced it with frog DNA? Yes. And I'm like, "I really need this cartoon right now,
1: <laughs> and so did you watch Jurassic Park?
0: I did not oh well, I did not, but in my head, I'm like, I'm trying to like picture like how this works, and my brain's just like, Uh-uh, <laughs> and i'm just like where's where's the like the instructional cartoon that like dumbs it down for me like about eighteen notches? Yeah, scientists believe that the h one n one influenza virus that was present in 1918 was a virus that was an avian virus it, like it was an bird flu yeah right. it was uh, infecting only birds it evolved and changed enough that it was able to infect humans and spread rapidly from person to person because this type of influenza virus had never infected the human population it was able to do so Very quickly. We were really susceptible to it. We didn't have any antibodies. It was very
1: virulent. It
0: It was extremely virulent. And it was extremely infectious, too. Like, it passed easily. And you infected a high number of people that you came into contact with. And then those people that got sick got incredibly sick because it was very virulent. One of the unique qualities of this type of flu virus was... That it has the ability to pass not only from birds to humans, but from humans to pigs.
1: Oh, great! So yeah, so this
0: is kind of like how, and that's why, like 2009 H1N1 is called the swine flu. Yes, because that's one that was coming like it was like a pig one.
1: Yeah, yeah, probably from birds to people to pigs, or perhaps a bird pig had some sort of weird. But then I
0: think pigs can also just have H1N1. It's yeah, pigs can just have the flu. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's extremely complex, but the theory is is that pigs can host both bird flu and human flu. So you can actually get a pig sick with your human flu and birds can also get same pigs sick with their flu.
1: So people And then
0: it can like kind of just turn up in the pig and the pig can spit some flu back out right at you. That's now kind of you know, recombine, that's that antigenic shift I was talking about yes, before. Yes, yes.
1: So people, be sure you wash your hands and wash your pig's hands.
0: Right. And don't
2: touch fucking and, birds and just because keep they're away disgusting. And
1: keep you and your pigs away from birds. But if you do come into contact with a bird, wash its hands, too.
0: After it went to pig, probably it went to human and had that, we had that strain that killed all the people in 1918, 1919. Yes. This virus, like, as you know, I mean, you've heard H1N1 before. It's actually, it's the parent virus of every pandemic flu we've seen since
1: 1918. Oh, wow. So every other flu that has hit pandemic status has been, basically, is running off that engine. Yes,
0: yes. Because, like, our DNA, which we pass down through having children, it's like the flu virus passes along its RNA right to other strains and other strains develop from it and branch out yeah but you'll you can find the rna from this one virus that's like new to a really much older flu virus you'll still find the same rna sequences much like like a distant relative you'd find the same dna yeah sequences
1: it all came from this extremely yeah, yeah it's
0: like the parent virus of all the the pandemics that have come since then
2: Now, before I get in my sciencey stuff, my sciencey sciencey stuff, do a little Q and A here. Why did H one N one kill such an atypical age group? As I said earlier, yeah, that
0: you turned right upside down. It was killing all the people it shouldn't have been killing. One hypothesis is that some, of, a lot of the flu deaths could be attributed to aspirin poisoning. No shit. Yes. Because aspirin was like a new thing.
1: Yeah, it was the wonder drug. It was
0: the wonder drug. And at the time the recommended doses of aspirin were up to thirty grams in a day.
1: Wow. Which is
0: like a shitload. Today, like it's like now it's like four grams.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like your
0: recommended dose. So basically
1: it was just like dying from bloodletting, but in pill form.
0: Exactly. Because aspirin thins your blood. And this might be why it had some of those really freaky features. That when you got the flu and then you're get, taking shitloads of aspirin, the blood is leaking out of your eyes <laughs> right. and like spurting out of your nose and yeah, you're yeah. just bleeding out everywhere because not only is the flu virus doing all this damage, but you're also taking, you're just
1: way too much. Yeah. Aspirin. You're just
0: increasing that same damage like exponentially by taking so much aspirin. <laughs>
1: That's just insane.
0: Yeah. However, it's not widely accepted as like that must have been why it was this particular age group because only a couple of countries had aspirin that's
1: true yeah it was mostly like
0: america maybe over in britain and france they they had some of it but but yeah not not worldwide not widely used worldwide at the time but worldwide it seemed to affect the same age group of people no matter where you were whether you took aspirin or not.
1: Right. Yeah. But I
0: think it probably did I it think didn't it didn't
1: help as much as it hindered probably.
0: Right, right. And it I'm sure it added to some of those deaths.
1: Yeah. I yeah, I'm sure.
0: The most likely reason is what is known as a cytokine storm.
1: A cytokine storm?
0: A cytokine storm. Now, this is a quote from the Scripps Research Institute describing what a cytokine storm and why that, you know, would be the reason. Young, healthy adults died because their immune system was stronger. A cytokine storm is the overproduction of immune cells and their activating compounds, which... In a flu infection is often associated with a surge of activated immune cells into the lungs. The resulting lung inflammation and fluid buildup can lead to respiratory distress and can be contaminated by a secondary bacterial pneumonia, often enhancing the mot- mortality in patients. So you ha- your immune system has such a strong response to this flu virus that's trying to invade it that it actually kills you because... It, right. It, like, it, it, you produce so many antibodies. I mean, it's, it's like not where it's like this tiny little battle going on on a microscopic level inside your body, but it's yeah, like, it's, it's the, like producing like actual like gunk and shit. Like there's so much of it going on. It's such a huge response.
1: It's, it's like gunking the white up blood cells are coming to fight and they're dying and mm-hmm. they've got to go someplace. And since all the action is yeah. going on in the lungs, that's yep. where all their corpses just, are going.
0: Yeah. It's just, and it's just totally fucking your lung tissue up and that alone can kill you but also when you have fluid in your lungs like bacteria that normally wouldn't replicate and grow
1: is suddenly doing is, that in is a place there that is there because like it. now yeah.
0: you've made it a great environment for that to grow mostly pneumonia yeah yeah bacterial pneumonia anytime you have any kind of Water situation going on in your lungs, even if you inhale a small amount of water accidentally, that can lead to development of pneumonia. That's crazy. Yeah. Now for our sciencey, sciencey
1: portion. Sciencey, sciencey portion with Joanna this time, guys.
0: Science with Joanna. This comes from the Department of Microbiology at the Mount Sinai School of Medicine in New York. This also mentions a flu that I'm going to talk about in just a little bit in my, you know, why the fuck
2: you should be scared section, but it'll be coming shortly. <laughs> First, some science.
1: Science then scares.
0: And I'm going to read this verbatim because this is not shit I would be able to write myself anytime, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> After comparing viruses from the Hong Kong 1997
2: H5N1 outbreak, H5N1 is something we should be afraid of. One amino acid
0: change, N66S, was found in the PB1F2 sequence at a position 66 that correlated with pathogenicity. This same amino acid change, n 66s was also found in the PB1-F2 protein of the 1918 pandemic. And this is the sample that they took from Lucy. We'll put her name in air quotes. In addition, both viruses with an S at position 66, WHN66S and WT1918, Induced levels of cytokines in the lungs that infected mice. So they put these viruses in the lungs of mice. They gave mice the viruses and then took lung samples. And they noticed kind of the same effect going on a cytokine storm where the mice's immune system was killing it basically. Yeah, yeah. Together, this data shows that a single amino acid substitution in the PB1 F2 can result in increased viral pathogenicity. And could be one of the factors contributing to the high lethality seen with the 1918 pandemic virus. So just a single amino acid change, which is pretty small, at the 66th whatever of this genome, this massively complex thing. Like there's right, just like right. one little change in one little part,
1: and that of
0: this complex flu virus, and that
2: made it to where our immune system just went nuts over it.
1: God damn.
2: And just you know, yeah.
0: And they they see the same one in this newer bird flu virus that's a thing to kind of be afraid of.
1: That was the H five N one.
0: The H five N one. Remember how I said the nineteen eighteen H one N one is like the parent of all oh, like
1: the Modern H one N one? Yeah.
0: So why isn't it as deadly? One reason is is that it was very highly lethal, so this possible amino acid change when it was out there cycling through person to person out there among the population, it became so highly lethal that it actually just kind of burned itself out. Killed too fast to it mutate. It killed people yeah. too fast. Yeah. And that's kind of not what you want to do as a virus. As a virus, you're just thinking about having a host. Replicating. Replicating. And and, and, and expanding. Yeah, exactly. And when you kill your host too quickly before you can be passed on to someone else, you're not you're not doing it quite right as a virus. Exactly. You're not doing it right. <laughs> so probably that was the reason why, yeah, it just killed a shitload of people and then just gone. Because it, it literally just burned itself out. Yeah, yeah. Not without killing millions and millions of people worldwide first, but that is Still. why it didn't continually come back and plague us
1: and why it for only for the last 100 years and why it only killed as many people as it did.
0: Mhm. H1N1 does still kill people though. Oh yes. And it and it actually did it was an actual pandemic that 2009. It just wasn't as serious. And because it wasn't like 1918 level, everyone's just like, "Oh, that was like nothing."
1: Right, right. It
0: definitely has the potential to kill you. And it also has the potential to Uh, have that same amino acid change that it did before.
1: Yeah, where it just makes your body go crazy. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. That could happen at any time. It could just morph again, or some other flu
2: virus could morph again. H1N1 is, like, around today still. It's a seasonal flu
0: virus. It kills people. It causes illness and hospitalization. It kills people and puts them in the hospital in pretty large numbers every year, that along with like other flu viruses. I think people just don't understand how many deaths still happen because of the flu. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I don't know, it's just not a thing that people are overly concerned about.
1: Well, it doesn't get reported on. You don't see it on Facebook. And so there's no, unless you go and look for the numbers yourself, or if you, like yourself, work someplace where sick people go. Yeah. I mean, I also work in the medical industry, but in a vastly... I don't... I (laughs) never see the patient.
0: Right.
2: So on average, here in the United States, the flu kills 30,000 people annually.
1: 30,000.
2: 30,000.
0: Worldwide, about 3 to 5 million of (laughs) cases... About 3 to 5 million cases of severe illness and... 291,000 to 646,000 deaths annually, according to the WHO.
1: That doesn't surprise me overly.
0: Right, because there's a lot of other places in the world where you just...
1: There's a lot of places in the world where if you get sick, then you don't really have a place you can go.
0: Mm-hmm. No medical care whatsoever. Poor living conditions.
1: There's a places in this country where if you get sick, you just have no place to go.
0: But imagine here, average is thirty thousand, even yeah. with all of our yeah. like fantastic luxuries that really are fantastic luxuries. People love to complain, but yes, when you
2: think about how we are our quality of life versus much of the rest of the world, we got it pretty good.
1: Oh yeah, definitely.
2: We had a
0: particularly nasty flu season just a couple years ago, the 2017-2018. Flu season, by the way, typically January to March. Now, they start in October because it takes a couple weeks to develop antibodies to your flu shot. That's when they start. In October, they start kind of pushing like, hey, it's flu shot time. Right. Because they want to make sure you get all the antibodies and everything's lined up for when actual flu season happens which is January to March, but it can start earlier. There's definitely varying degrees of when cases are active and and not, but typically that's when you have the most, but it can start earlier in the fall and winter. Yeah. It
2: peaks typically in January to March. Beginning of the year. 2017-2018 season it killed 80,000 people in the US.
1: Wow. Yeah. Over twice what it normally does.
0: Almost 3 times. The previous high um that was like that was 30 years ago. It was 56,000. I mean not wow. counting 1918 of course. Yeah, 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 but
1: but mm-hmm. since 1918 Since
0: 1918 the highest count was 56,000. And then yeah, just 2 years ago it was 80,000. Last year for two thousand
1: eighteen nineteen, sixty
0: one thousand. Wow, dead of the flu.
1: And does this have to do with people not vaccinating?
0: Well, do it's, you think or it's is like it because... typical? It's like typical flu, in the sense that yeah, the elderly and the very young, okay, are easily severely affected by it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's you
0: can't even get a flu shot if you're under six months of age. So. Right. There's that. If you're old, it might not take as well. They actually give you a higher dose when you're 65 and older. Mm. There's, yeah, there's two separate levels of dosage. There's six months to 65 years, and then there's 65 and up. Crazy. And yeah, and a lot of people don't get their flu shot.
1: I've never gotten a flu shot before. You should. I've also not had the flu for quite some time. Right. Quite some time. Yeah. Like I mean, over 10 years, there are
0: people that are naturally more immune than others to yeah. getting stuff like that. And these days, yeah. Like if you're in a, the young adult age group, it's not going to necessarily kill you. You might be pretty sick, but it won't always kill you, but it can right, sometimes
1: right. it can kill you. It
0: can kill you because again, remember that cytokine storm? um, Here's how it kind of, like, relates to how the flu actually kills you today.
2: Now the virus enters through your eyes, your nose, your mouth, and your cells,
0: it just starts invading your cells and shooting it full of its RNA, and then forcing, like, your cells to replicate the virus, and a whole bunch of virus just comes, like, bursting out of the cells that it.
2: Insects. Inserted itself, yeah.
0: yeah, into, and then those cells go out and start attacking all the other cells as well. Well, your body has this huge response. Your T cells, it's they're your they're triggered and they come out in droves and start trying to attack this virus and make it go away. It attacks it by destroying the tissue that harbors the virus. So when you're talking about influenza virus. It's lung tissue yeah, that so it likes.
1: Your body is so, destroying your lungs.
0: Right. So your body starts destroying your lungs in, a, in an attempt to destroy the virus. Normally, and hopefully, it's not too severe and is enough to cause you to recover. Yeah. Like your body your body wins before it completely destroys your lungs.
1: That's the hope.
0: That is the hope. But sometimes it's just so strong and... It destroys so much tissue that they just can't deliver enough oxygen to your blood, which results in hypoxia, which results in death. Yes. So in an effort to kill the virus, it kills you.
1: Kind of like how chemotherapy works a little bit. You're just trying to kill the cancer before you kill the patient.
0: Right. You're killing all the fast-growing cells because those are the cancer cells. Yeah. And it's also killing other cells in your body. Yes. But it's... Hopefully, it can kill the cancer cells before it has really terrible effects on side effects from killing the other cells, yes, one of them like your stomach cells, yeah, not only does it make you you know puke your guts out and not want to eat anything because it's destroying like the lining of your stomach because those are quickly reproducing cells, yep, because of your stomach acid, yep uh eventually, you like wear holes into your stomach and you have like gi bleeds
1: and that's great
0: and other complications arising from that because yeah over time they, they've killed so many of those cells with the chemotherapy that yeah 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 it's it's pretty awful
1: it definitely is
0: now back to our friends at the scripps institute i read an article that they published it was uh, dated february 27 2014 in a nutshell, it was also highly science but I'm not going to subject you to any of that. It was saying that they're trying to inhibit the immune system from responding to the virus. Okay. So they're experimenting on mice and trying to do something to uh, block the receptor or whatever that triggers the response yeah, to yeah. this virus. And then using antiviral drugs, which we now have. Tamiflu is the main one. Uh-huh they're using that to like try and fight the flu virus for you without allowing your immune system to try, basically. I see. So it's
1: taking your immune system... It's sidelining your immune system. Mm Mm-hmm. That's interesting.
0: It it is very interesting, and I thought that that was a really cool thing. Yeah. It's being done with mice, though. I mean, when you're in mice stage, you're way far away from human stage. Yes. Yes. You haven't even moved to primates, so
1: right because it's still
0: like you're still at something where it's like yeah you have to have something that's kind of you know like they have lungs too yeah they're (laughs) also a
1: vertebrate
0: yeah but uh, you're still you have to have something that's like you you can get in mass quantity and (laughs) kill in mass quantity you have to be really far along before they're going to start letting you experiment on like primates and yeah, they gotta... More expensive animals of that type yeah, that are they actually have closer to, to people. They to
1: brutalize all kinds of animals before it gets to there's us. There's a whole, like,
0: hierarchy of, like, animal brutalization before yeah. it gets to humans, which is awful, but... I hate the thought of it being done for some sort of, like, cosmetic thing. At, yes. But this is this is to cure people.
1: At least there is...
0: I care about more about people than I do mice, that's for sure. Yeah, at least
1: there's more of a benefit it is awful for the animals but there's there's a a benefit to society over with it and not just fucking lipstick or Mm -hmm. perfume or something like that but that's entirely different topic
0: speaking of mice and cancer this is part of that documentary I'll, i'll post a link to it or put the name of it or something because i can't think of what it is right now really good one about viruses though uh, they are trying to use viruses to actually cure cancer so this is also something that's in like the mouse phase. Right. Where they're giving mice cancerous tumors, I don't know how but they are.
1: Just giving them cigarettes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Not sure.
1: Just here, smoke these.
0: <laughs> the, mice is just, the mouse is just sitting there in his cage just like, oh well fuck it, you know. Just
1: cool as shit though. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I don't know if that mouse doesn't have cancer, but it sure did catch a case of cool.
0: Oh, man. You're awful. (laughs) So, they are using, trying to use a virus and trying to like, you know, find a virus or create one that targets cancer cells. Yeah. Which would be really awesome. Definitely. Because
1: Because viruses are very easy to catch.
0: And they love to eat cells. That's like their whole purpose is to take over the cells and reproduce. Yeah. So, you just want something that's not going to kill you. But is only going to target, they do have viruses that only target certain types of cells, influenza being one of them where it tends to target your lung cells. Yeah. Other viruses like attack your fucking brain or your spinal cord. Yes.
2: Or the shit that holds your brain and spinal cord, encephalitis, all kinds of of stuff. stuff. Um, Yeah. So if you can find one that only wants to eat the cancer cells
0: and doesn't harm you, it's, yeah. That, that or even also, if it
1: harms you, if you can then kill that with an antivirus, you're good. Right,
0: to go. right. If it's something where once it's done its job of killing all the cancer cells, then you can rid yourself of it in some way. That would be really awesome. Yeah. Again, though, if you're talking about stuff where you're either suppressing someone's immune system response to a virus, or you are giving them intentionally a virus, it's that's that's a long way. Pretty race. dicey. It's it's, yeah. it's probably not going to be. I can. I think it's going to be possible one day for sure.
1: Maybe we won't are,
0: see I, it. I'm happy by knowing this information because I 100% believe that at some point we are actually going to be able to take that idea and probably roll with it.
1: If we last out the century as a species, That's we'll right. get it down.
0: That's right. Other ways the flu kills you today is that secondary infection we talked about, the pneumonia. Yeah. Your body triggers that big response. Maybe it's not what's going to ultimately kill you because it doesn't completely destroy your lungs, but it allows enough
2: other stuff to get in there there that pneumonia develops. Sometimes it's a staphylococcus.
1: That's no good. Bacteria,
0: because of course we have staph and we have strep all over our bodies. Yeah. And so sometimes it creates an opportunity for that to grow and enter our bloodstream. And then you die of, like, septic shock.
1: And that's no which good. Which also
0: really sucks.
1: Not a good way so to go. So
0: there's, yeah, drowning in your own fluids, fluids because of your immune system response or because your immune system responds a lot of pneumonia to grow or because you also got, uh, like, blood infection
1: that's spread like to Lord all your Narvin. organs.
0: I mean, Yeah.
1: You don't want to go out like Lord Carnarvon.
0: Mm-mm. That's why you should get a fucking flu shot.
1: So I don't go out like Lord Carnarvon.
0: Right. Most flu vaccines in the United States protect against four flu viruses. It's like called a quadrivalent
2: Quad vaccine. four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it has H1N1, H3N2,
0: and then two of the influenza B viruses, probably the ones that you mentioned earlier.
1: Yes, the Victoria and the Yamamoto. Yamamoto.
0: yeah. You can still get flu if you get a flu shot. Because of how we said it can recombine and all this kind of stuff, there's just no way to protect against every single flu strain that's out there, or even the one that you were vaccinated for. Sometimes it doesn't take completely. There's a myriad of reasons why it might not 100% prevent you from getting the flu you could get a different strain or it just wasn't effective enough for the virus not to uh take hold
1: however it provides some protection even it if does not if that virus protection. does take
0: hold you're going to be much less sick than somebody who didn't get any vaccine at all yeah you will have some antibodies to it which will lessen the severity of it i have to get a flu shot like mandatory every year
1: oh yeah because of where you work right yeah
0: now i will fully admit i'm sitting here like get your fucking flu shot and i think i went about like two or three years without getting my kids flu shots just because i was so busy i could never like get them all out at once to somewhere where they within the times that they could get a flu shot i did get one last year because we were going to Kansas, and my nephew was four months old. Oh yeah, and you know I did like just that's, didn't
1: just right like yeah. that's just
0: the the decent thing to do. Is Either get, don't
1: go down there, yeah, or
0: he's too young just to get a sure shot get get himself. Your so of, and yeah. you're traveling by plane with yeah. kids, yeah, and like, traveling by mm-hmm. plane is a
1: common place for people to get. sick. Oh
0: yeah, because planes are fucking disgusting. Yes. So yeah, I made sure me and all three of the kids got our flu shot before we we went to Kansas olivia ended up getting the flu like actual flu after yeah, yeah,
1: that yeah. that sucks and
0: i and she was really sick i thought she had strep again
1: right because that's she gets right
0: that. Mm-hmm. but it actually turned out to be the flu and i'm really grateful that i got my kids their flu shot she's already had hers yeah i've had mine gotta get the other two but i was so grateful because i just imagined like how sick she would have been like the, the years I didn't get them flu shots, no, they didn't get the flu either. Right. But that's not to say that they wouldn't have or couldn't. It's just kind of coincidence. Yeah. It's just random coincidence. And it's better to get one than not, that is for sure.
1: Better safe than sorry.
0: It will it will make a difference. And when you think about the people around you who can't
1: right. get vaccinated because, uh, against the flu. Because vaccines are a herd thing. Right. That's why, that's why it's important, is because...
0: There are plenty of people that don't get vaccinated, I mean... Or can't. Yes. That's what I kind of meant to say, but that, that don't like meet the criteria required to oh, yes. be a candidate for vaccination. Now, flu, it's like, are you allergic to eggs? And have you ever had uh, Julian Barr syndrome? Saying yes to either of those questions disqualifies you from the flu shot as can your age under 6 months of age. Right. A variety of things. So if we all get our flu shot and we're less likely to be carrying flu virus around that protects them.
1: Right, right.
0: We can have a whole other episode I think on vaccines and all the theories behind it and
1: that would be quite an episode. It would
0: be quite an episode. That that would take a, a while for me to prep for it. but believe me I'd, <laughs> I I'd love to like make that statement one of these days and <laughs> Have that hashed out, because oh man, let me tell you,
1: especially working along with patient site like you do, right? Yeah, right. And it's just you see, you see a lot. Some
0: of the stuff that's out there, just oh my gosh, just just get your fucking flu shot, okay? Just if you can get one, please do for yourself, not just for other people. (laughs) For
1: yourself, do (laughs) Do it it for yourself.
0: Do it for you. Do
1: nice things for you. Take yourself out to dinner. Get a flu shot. You
0: know what? The flu sucks, and every once in a while, yeah, you could be one of those. 60,000 or 80,000 people, or even just the low end of 30,000 people in the U.S. that die every year. It can happen, and it's not a great way to to go. Like, having your lung tissue slowly destroyed by your own immune system, pneumonia, sepsis, it's just, that's just all stuff. It's not as much
1: fun as it sounds like.
0: No. Now here comes my favorite part. Let's talk about what we should be scared of now, not just your regular flu virus, because like if you're smart and you get your flu shot, probably not going to be too much of an issue.
1: Not going to get the H1N1 or the influenza B or the other one you said that they uh, not. H3N2. H3N2.
2: There are some new ones out there, though,
0: that we don't have vaccines for.
1: You said H5N1.
0: H5N1.
2: And H7N9. Things to be afraid of are fucking birds and their goddamn flu.
1: Birds yeah. don't ever wash their hands.
0: Mm-mm. They're fucking disgusting. They're disgusting creatures.
2: Have you watched Contagion? No. <gasps> oh, I should have I told you you so. had to watch that movie Actually, before doing this episode. Law no, Lawrence Fishburne.
1: I actually think I have seen that one. I think I actually have that one
2: It's so
0: good. I
1: don't really remember it
0: now you know I've talked about like movies that scare the shit out of me like the ring and uh, the grudge yes, being like one of the the they're definitely in my 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 top five or ten also up there is contagion right you really ought to watch it because it is a very accurate depiction of. What is going to happen to society when the next pandemic hits? Oh, yeah. And this is not a question of if, it is a question of when. Right. 100%. So it's great. You should watch it because it, it's, it's a great example. Like, this is how it's going to work. Military shutting down borders. uh, You know, stores abandoned. No anything. Because I- there's nobody to go to work and everyone who can is scared. Things are abandoned. It's just total... Fucking chaos. Like a zombie movie. Yeah.
1: I mean, really, zombie movies are just allegories for a disaster where society breaks down.
0: Yes. I would agree with you 100% on that. One of my favorite parts of the movie is just like a few days into this, like the virus begins. and
1: Contagion spoilers, by the way, just <laughs> right, in case you haven't yeah. seen the movie that's however old. <laughs>
2: I think it's like like 2000-something. I mean, it's 2010. How close am I on that? 2011. Oh, dude. I was so close, though. I was really close. There are a few days into it. Cases are just starting to pop up. And Lawrence Fishburne is the director of the CDC. He comes into work and Homeland Department
0: of Homeland Security is wanting to talk to him because these cases are just starting to come out. They're they're thinking like bioterrorism. Right. And the guy asks Lawrence Fishburne, he's like, Could somebody weaponize the bird flu? Is that what we're seeing? And he replies, Someone doesn't have to weaponize the bird flu. The birds are doing that. Oh, oh, yeah. The birds are doing that already. These two viruses have been cooking in the bird population for quite a while.
1: And there's a lot of birds out there. And there
0: are a lot of birds out there, and it's, it's growing and changing. Now, the one part about contagion that kind of annoyed me a little bit was this whole, like, janitor thing. There's, like, this whole exchange like with the like there's like this janitor that works at the cdc and it's i think it's their attempt to show that like the janitor is a person too but only someone who's like thinks they're so above everyone else even feel you know yeah even thinks that way that you need to have like this sub storyline right (laughs) in order to like you know like like, like, let people know that that janitors are also like people part of society (laughs) it's like like, oh my god
1: like he claims stuff we Mm -hmm. need them
0: yeah because there's a moment when uh he finds out from the Department of Homeland Security this is another great aspect of it is that they're going to start shutting down like the state borders, the states that are highly effective and quarantine like the entire state armies coming in. no one's getting out yeah you're you're in it for the long haul if you live in one of those cities that they are going to totally shut down all people coming in and all people going out, and it's going to be total fucking chaos. He is privy to that information and the, the line is, is that, you know, we just can't have anybody knowing, like, no one can know until everyone knows.
1: Yeah, yeah. There can't yeah. be a leaking of information. Mm-hmm. It's got to be- It's got to be all at once. word, because that's when everything is going to be able to lock down properly and all that. Right. Can't now, let anyone out of the, of, of the net, otherwise it just keeps spreading.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, his girlfriend happened to be in one of the affected cities. She was in Chicago. So he gets on the phone and he makes a snap decision that, okay, I'm going to leak classified information. That's a big, that carries some heavy consequences there.
1: Yes. Yeah. Is that treason? I think it might be. Do you still get shot for that?
0: Uh, I hope not, but I think probably you can. I think it's probably on the list of options. Definitely some prison time could be involved, some heavy duty prison time. He gets on the phone. He calls his girlfriend, and he tells her, you know, hey, don't tell anyone this, but you need to get the fuck out of Chicago, like, right now.
1: Yeah, like, yesterday.
0: Yeah. Like, don't talk to anyone. Just drive and keep going and going and going. So, while he's making this phone call, like, the just doing his cleaning and stuff and comes up on him, and he's just, like, looking at him with just, like, utter contempt. Like, he turns around, and he's like, oh, hey, you know, did you just hear what I just said? And he's just, like, like quivering in anger. And he's like, you know, I got to, I got people too, doctor whatever, we all do, and just, like, kind of st- runs off in a huff. And, yeah. you know, of course, Lawrence Fishburne has to think about, like, oh, how terrible he is for, like, not yeah, thinking of the janitor as a person. And it's just so ridiculous because, you know what, Real th- I mean, how willing are you to go to jail for any one of your coworkers?
1: Like, coworkers? I mean, not Yeah, people really. you work with. I like,
0: mean- you work at the building and the guy who cleans the toilets, How? Even if you're on friendly terms with him, like how how willing would you be to go to jail for him? Not really. Especially when you don't even live in one of the affected cities. Like you have no idea if he knows anyone in Chicago. Right, right. Or not. So it's just kind of ridiculous in the beginning, you know, like why this guy would be so offended in the first place. Right. And then Lawrence Fisher would just be like, Oh, okay. You know what it would be if I was like Lawrence Fisher, I'd be like, shut up, janitor. You know? <laughs> right. Shut the fuck up. Sorry you didn't make my number one on my list of people I'm going to, like, go to fucking prison for by leaking classified information to because you're not even, like, in that city right now. Right. And I have no fucking idea about your fucking family or any of your people because we have a working relationship. It's like, get the fuck out of here and go back to cleaning the goddamn toilet. Like, do not be fucking coming at me with this shit.
1: (laughs) I would also be. No fucking way. I would also be smarter about it if I was spilling classified information and have wouldn't have my back turned to the fucking door so I could right, like, see when people right were walking well you in.
0: know I mean it's the jan he's there late at night he doesn't he thinks he's alone, except of course the janitor's there because that's when he has to do all his cleaning,
1: yeah, I would still no matter what right
0: no, I know like it's dumb I mean come believe on. me, believe me, it was a snap decision, but yeah, that was the only part of the movie where it was just like, oh my God, like really, like why did this have to be put in here?
1: I think I mean I it's just dumb. I vaguely remember some of the stuff that you are <laughs> talking about, so I'm pretty sure I've seen the movie before. The
0: rest of it is great. Rest of it is great. And then yeah, Lawrence Fisher feels the same way as me. Like, yeah, the birds are weaponizing the bird flu right now.
1: And it's Matt and, Damon that's in it.
0: Yeah, Matt Damon is in it. Yeah. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. A few quick little things about H five N one.
1: It's and not H seven N nine. They're not just snappy names.
0: No, they are not. H7N9. It's been around not as long as H5N1. H5N1 started in like 1997. So that one's been kind of growing and maybe making slight little changes for 20 plus years. 22
1: years at this point.
0: March 2013 is when the H7N9 was first detected in humans when it first made that jump from bird to human.
1: Yeah.
2: There was 1,567 confirmed human cases since then. And that has included 615 deaths over
0: six years, basically, six and a half years.
1: Right. That's great. That's great.
0: The mortality is around 39%. Now that's way higher,
1: that's pretty high that is
0: really high, that's like Ebola high, yeah, that is super high, yeah, perhaps so high right now that that's why it quite it hasn't quite made that jump yet from yes. being easily transmissible from person to person, It's just dropping its it's mostly just quickly. going directly from bird to person, people who are handling birds, killing birds, preparing birds, yeah. And possibly it's been human-to-human human transmission, but it, again, on a limited basis, basis, it hasn't become highly infectious. Like, maybe you infect another immediate family member, but you're not going out and infecting, like, the whole town that yeah. you live in.
1: Are the birds actually physically sick, do you know? Or do, are they just Sometimes carriers? they
0: are. Sometimes they're carrying it, and sometimes they're physically sick. They are really trying hard to—they they call it culling. But that's just a fancy word for killing. Yes. <laughs> they any bird that tests positive for this type or the H five N one they kill. Yeah, but it doesn't always get reported because you're talking about people's livelihood. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. So they're not gonna necessarily report that they had sick birds. They're because gonna... they think they're gonna, because likely they'll kill all the birds on the farm or whatever. Yeah, and
1: then not yeah. telling anyone so mm-hmm. no one else comes and checks stuff out so that they can try again. And yeah, hope and, yeah.
0: Yeah. The H seven n nine is rated as having the greatest potential to cause a pandemic, and um, the greatest potential to uh,
2: severely impact public health once it does that human-to-human jump. Yeah. Great. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Awesome, huh? Yeah, it's fucking brilliant. H5N1 is an avian flu as well, and that first appeared in the Guangdong province of China. The first case and death was in 1997. Now, since then, there have been 861 cases, resulting in 455 deaths. So that's a mortality rate of 53%. Wow. But as you can see, probably because of the high mortality rate. Again, Again, yeah. and it's been, it's like almost half the number of cases over 20 years yeah. versus the H7N9, which has only been around like six years, but it has infected like over
2: 1,500. Yeah, yeah.
0: It does have a lower mortality rate but it is still extremely high and again the mortality rate is likely why neither one of these have quite made that jump yet but that's literally the last thing it has to do it's it's almost there it's jumped from bird to human many times especially uh age seven and nine yeah. mean, it's, it's getting pretty easily transmissible between birds and humans it's getting more and more easy that's that's great and then it just needs to make that that little shift and that little change and get to person to person and it can it'll circle the globe and it's gonna be fucking nuts yeah and i am 100 percent. this is not if this is when
1: right right like when
0: one of these two finally
1: takes hold it'll be mm-hmm. it'll be a clusterfuck of the
0: it will be a clusterfuck of the just unimaginable proportions do you remember SARS yes SARS was 2003 yes it was a respiratory virus but it was not flu right it did come from an animal it went animal to human and human to human at a extremely fast rate yep like it was one worker it like I think it's palm cats, is what they're called. They're like these little, like kind of like like weaselly things, but they kind of look Pole like kitties. Pole cats, yeah,
1: yeah, they're like weasels basically, they're mm-hmm. just like and they're stove, like a delicacy ferret. in
0: China. Yeah. They have it in like some sort of fucking soup, and I mean, it's just like gross. It's like don't eat furry things like that. First of all, they're really
1: cute. They are pretty cute.
0: I mean, it'd be like eating ferret or yeah, like yeah, a they're... ferret that had kind of cat-like features. I believe,
1: I believe a polecat is related to a ferret.
0: Yeah, they're in like the mongoose, weasel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ferret family. They're not actually in
2: the cat family. They're not a feline, but they have kind of feline features. And uh, yeah, somebody
0: preparing one of those to eat got infected from that animal because it had gotten the virus from a bat. So it was bat, pull cat, human, but then went from human to human super quick. Yeah. I mean, it infected a lot of people super fast. They managed to keep a lid on it. There was like good coordination between public health departments. They were all done in kind of highly populated places, but that had some money. It started in China, I mean, and China has definitely, it's super poor parts, but then there's also, like, big touristy places yes, where there's, like, yes. better health care. And
1: infrastructure right. and stuff like that, right. yeah.
0: So we were fortunate that all of the outbreaks happened in places like that, as opposed to some place in Africa or yeah. Southeast Asia where there's, yeah
1: some place where they could swiftly identify what was going on and get it taken care of and
0: quarantine people it might
1: be best that it happened in a place like china that will just do whatever it is they need to do and they're not overly concerned with things like well human rights
2: right that is so for sure. i mean in this that particular sure. case
1: that may have actually helped
0: <laughs> also the fact that it wasn't a the incubation was shorter, as was the time that you were infectious. So, really, you were only infectious after you started becoming sick. Ah. so you weren't as likely to be out. It's not like flu, where well, again, you're, you're just fine. You're just fine. You're out there infecting people, and you don't even know you yourself. Smoking are weed Ill. with
1: people and passing the pipe mm-hmm. and giving them flu, and yep. you don't. And even you're touching know it. everything,
0: and then everyone is touching everything else. That's yeah. called that's called fomites. By the way, when you Touch a surface, and that surface becomes infectious, and then somebody it's touches it. It's called that. what? Fulmites. Fulmites. Yes. Yes. Gross. It's basically just a fancy name for whatever carries the disease physically, whether it be disease you. Disease goo. <laughs> you or uh, you know your remote control, your cell phone.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm sure your cell phones are oh fucking Oh, my God. Filthy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, hand railings, elevator buttons. Ugh. Wash your hands, people. Wash like, your hands. That is actually probably your best protection against whatever yes. is going to be out there next is to wash your fucking hands. Yes. Yes. Because whatever you get on your hands, you're putting on your fucking face. Three and that's to how five it, times every minute. Yeah, and that's how it's getting there. So if you've been out touching
2: a bunch of things that other people have touched, take a second and wash your hands.
1: Go to a thrift store, wash your hands.
2: Right.
0: Get money from, like, the clerk. Like, wash your hands pretty quick. Yeah, use,
1: yeah if you use cash, definitely uh-huh. wash your hands.
0: Yeah, cash is filthy. Cash go to some place like so Fred Meyer
1: or Walmart or one of those big stores with big places and lots of people, a mall. Yeah. Wash your hands. Wash humans your are hands. filthy.
0: Yeah, SARS was a great example of just how quickly some animal virus can go into the – jump into the population and then spread quickly because, you know, 2003, were pretty mobile yeah oh, and yeah. it did spread, Oh, yeah, and it's just we were just lucky that it isn't as infectious as the flu, yes, and that it didn't show up in places where they didn't have uh good health care, and it I mean it isn't a thing there has it was an outbreak for a few months, and then there hasn't been any cases since they isolated it and it burned itself out, and it's gone,
1: yes, and that's awesome, well, I'm sure but they that's have not
0: a- how it's going to happen when it's flu
1: yes because flu again it's not
0: yeah you're going to be going all over the place yep. and just giving it to tons of people and here is the thing i know that probably in today times it's just like well you know we have a seasonal flu vaccine They'll just make a vaccine for it minimum it will be according to who cdc everywhere i've officially like looked for this information they can't even make a vaccine for it first of all, until it becomes human to human. They have a, a vaccine, I guess for birds for the what the strains that they have now
1: but that doesn't help but us but that only it doesn't
0: help us it only helps the birds, and I think that's pretty limited. It's only going to help us when it's human to human transmission, and when that happens, it will take a minimum of twenty weeks to six months to produce a vaccine for it now think of what the 1918 flu did in four months
1: yeah that would it's be the same
0: thing i mean yeah we can make a vaccine for it but in the meantime it's going to circle the globe and it's going to fucking kill millions of people
1: it would be too late once the vaccine's there it's like okay well now the next time it'll right be fine, exactly but... next
0: time you'll be fine but that doesn't mean it's going to not like wreak havoc and just cause a whole shitload of shit.
1: And I'm sure there's people out there working on a way where they can, they don't have to wait for that to happen. Unfortunately. Yeah. At this point in time, we have to wait for that to happen.
0: We have to wait for that to happen. And this is the flu. You ask any infectious disease specialist, it's not going to be stuff like Ebola. It is the avian. Is inf- these two types of flu that freak them out the most. This is the thing that, People who study disease like that is like all they do. They know everything there is to know about all the diseases everywhere, and these are the ones that they are most afraid of because they know the potential for it.
2: Yeah. It's just sitting there growing in <laughs> birds. <laughs> it is just yeah. <laughs> now other than try not to let that affect your Everyday
0: life, thinking about that every day. Well, actually,
1: (laughs) if it it makes you wash your hands, let it affect your day in that way.
0: (laughs) That's what I was going to say. Simple precautions can help you, which would be wash your hands often. That's the number one. Get your fucking flu shot. I mean, it's not going to protect you against avian flu, but still.
1: If you're sick with anything and you can, stay home.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Stay away from other people.
1: If you can't, then wash your hands even more.
0: Wash your hands even more because, you know, don't go around touching a bunch of stuff if you're sick or feel sick. Clean up after yourself a little bit.
2: Yes.
1: Throw
0: throw a sani wipe across your chair and your phone and your desk.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Just simple precautions like that.
1: Help out your coworkers.
2: Mm-hmm. Help out society. Do your part. <laughs>
1: Click here to learn more.
2: Right. Well, there's a there's a lot.
0: There's a lot of places that you can learn more about the flu. WHO is a great resource. I spent a lot of time on it and it Google search will pull up all sorts of fascinating links. CDC there. is a good resource. CDC is a great resource. They actually do actually do they have run throughs of it at the CDC all the time of the flu outbreak. Like where they're actually doing like fake uh news updates and press uh, you know press conferences about it they they run through the entire drill so there are people looking out to try and get a handle on the situation when it happens as quickly as possible but just be aware read the news look at that WHO website every so often they do report all the cases so
1: CDC website as well
0: yes and Although, we're talking about stuff that's been isolated right now to uh, Asia, mostly. Oh, yeah. So, you're going to want to look at WHO for that. Yeah,
1: yeah. I guess the CDC is not going to have a whole lot.
0: Right. Although, they probably check the WHO as well. So, Likely. Yeah. They know people know it's a thing. So, there's, there's plenty of on uh, avian flu information on the CDC website, even
2: though it hasn't reared its ugly head here Yet. 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 And that's that's about all I have.
1: Well, that was a very cheery episode.
2: Wasn't it, though? It was. Follow so remember, <laughs> people,
1: wash your hands.
2: Wash
0: your goddamn fucking hands.
1: Wash your birds.
0: Just don't touch your birds. But, and wash your pigs. But wash your hands after you touch your birds or your pigs. Lots of hand
2: washing.
1: Lots of hand washing
2: really is the number one prevention. No shit. No shit.
1: We are sorry for this being a late episode.
2: But I had a bad virus.
0: I mean hey. we just spent like two hours talking about how those are a thing and they they attack you and this one this one knocked me down pretty fucking hard. So
2: <laughs>
1: But here we are. We got it out. But here for we you. are
0: and I am so glad to have finally gotten this done because I I I was really excited about doing this episode, so I'm glad to be better, and I'm glad to be doing this episode. Follow us on all our social medias.
1: That's right. That would be Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're gonna, you're going to find us under Stranger Than or Stranger Than Podcast. You can check out the podcast syndicate we are a part of, Age of Radio, at ageofradio.org. You can check out a variety of other great podcasts as well as some merchandise and that kind of stuff. If you want some of our merchandise, check out tpublic.com slash user slash stranger than podcast. Find t-shirts, mugs, cell phone cases, a variety of things. If you'd like to donate to our Patreon, it is patreon.com slash stranger than podcast. You get a bonus episode every month at the $5 level. At the $2 level, you get ad-free episodes. Because who likes commercials? Exactly. Not me. If you would like to hear about a specific topic or if you would like to tell us how much you love us, you can send us an email at StrangerThenPodcast at gmail.com. You could also tell us how much you love us at iTunes if you want to leave us a comment and five stars. That would be lovely. And with that, we will talk to you next time.
0: And stay strange.